Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Servan. Hello, Ben. And Fernando. Hello, Ben. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're doing well out there. Got another fantastic episode for you. A lot to get to. Ah, a lot to get to. Oh, it's a busy. Including a bill coming out of Vermont. Ooh. No, it's not about the Burlington Coat Factory. Oh. We'll also talk about the Not So Proud Boys and so, so much more. But before we get to everything, let's discuss George Santos, Woo! who is a master of nothing oh, except guy. for lying. He lies so much, I think he's trustworthy because okay. you can't believe anything he says. So is that not the truth? I guess so. <laughs> George Santos has officially been charged with 13 uh, criminal counts. He has said he will not resign. This is a big deal coming from the Eastern District of New York. A uh, 13 count indictment was unsealed in the United States District Court for the Eastern District of New York charging George Anthony DeVolder Santos, <laughs> better known as George Santos, better known as Katara, on seven counts of wire fraud, three counts of money laundering, oh one count of theft of public funds, mm. and two counts of making materially false statements to the House of Representatives, and also three counts of being so goddamn sexy as Katara. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I didn't know that was uh, illegal. But as we've mm-hmm. talked about on this show before, what he has done here is a lot of campaign finance allegations. It's the number and- one thing you got to do. You got to cross the T's, dot yeah, the I's. Yep. When it comes to campaign finance, that's where they get you. And that is why they're so um, on top of it, yes. because they know a lot of uh, crimes occur in the campaign finance realm. And also it's the easiest way to get somebody in a mistake. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Although it doesn't seem like a mistake. With George Santos. <laughs> he gave a press conference and uh, we'll play a, about a minute of sound here from it. He is st- he's steadfast. He's mm. running for re-election. Mm. He's pleading not guilty. Okay. <laughs> okay. And with any luck, uh-huh. this is going to help him with the voters of New York. <laughs> I guess. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to help. Let's listen to Representative Santos. You guys. Look, this is the beginning of the ability for me to address and defend myself. We have an indictment. We have all we have the information that the government wants to come after me on. And I'm going to comply. I've been complying throughout this entire process. I have no desire not to comply at this point. They've been gracious in there. Now I'm going to have to go and fight to defend myself. The reality is, is Mm. it's a witch hunt. 
because Ooh, okay. it, it, it makes no sense that in four months, they left. four months, five months, <laughs> I'm indicted. You have Joe Biden's entire family receiving deposits from nine, nine family members receiving money from foreign from foreign destinations into their wow. bank accounts. It's been years of exposing. A lot of you here have reported on them, and yet no investigation is launched into them. I'm gonna fight. I well, and I'm just going. I'm getting back to that. I'm gonna fight my battle. I'm gonna deliver. I'm gonna fight the witch hunt. I'm gonna take care of clearing my name, and I look forward to doing that. Leave the witches alone. It's Salem 2.0. Also, there's a lot of investigations going on with Hunter Biden. The DOJ is investigating currently. Let's just say that every single thing he said about Joe Biden and his family is true. Why does that mean that he shouldn't be indicted? Right. Exactly. I don't know. Exactly. Like, exactly. No, they only get one indictment a week. <laughs> yeah, so right. what's going on here? No, no, that's not how that works. If you do something wrong, and again, campaign finance, this is exactly what the Manhattan DA brought charges in relation to the hush money payment just mm. Daniels and that's uh, what's going to potentially bring down Donald Trump as well campaign finance it's like the easiest thing to get right and then if you get it wrong it's the easiest thing for them to get you on and also we must mention Donald Trump was found liable he owes E. Jean Carroll five million dollars it is for sexual assault that took place I believe in the 90s interestingly enough she wasn't going to bring these charges but then she was uh, encouraged by LinkedIn founder Reed Hoffman. He's another billionaire. And it is interesting. It reminds me a little bit of what happened with the Gawker uh, scandal when it comes to uh, Hulk Hogan. Uh, Hulk Hogan and that being funded by Peter Thiel. There's a lot of Gawker. there's a lot of billionaires that are using people and the courts in order to gain a political advantage over their adversaries. Uh, of course, I'm not saying that anything she said was wrong. And certainly I'm not saying that the jury was uh, incorrect in their verdict that Donald Trump indeed did something horribly wrong to E. Jean Carroll, it being that he's on record saying very similar things. Yeah, he been, mm-hmm. yeah right. He didn't do himself any services, right. but I do think it's interesting, again, who is funding a lot of this stuff. And it's a little bit weird to me, and I just want to make sure that billionaires don't just constantly use people as pawns right. in the political sphere mm-hmm. and in the court system in order, again, in this case, Uh, to get a leg up on Donald Trump. But just to clear up a little confusion on that, he is not guilty of a crime. This was a civil suit, so he is liable, which means he lied when he said he didn't grab her by the pussy, Mm -hmm. and he said, she's not my type. So that is what happens. He got five million bucks. He's got to pay her. I believe he's going to appeal. Nonetheless, we've already seen this as a big fundraising boom for Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. So you know his broke-ass supporters are going to be the ones Footing this bill once again, uh, having him skate financially free for all the sins of his past and present. So <laughs> right. the, the consequences for this are just that five million dollars. Yes. So what the what is surprising to me is what we were just talking about: campaign fraud and finance. Yes. What he is facing the consequences for, or he may, what he's facing charges for, is the campaign fraud. Right. Right. So from the, the Manhattan DA, yeah, the one thing you don't mess up on, boys. Don't don't misappropriate those funds. But then the mm-hmm. other wild thing about all this is, like Ben just uh, said, Trump uses these types of charges and indictments and liable or not liable. He uses it to then go raise money to ra- get more campaign finance. Yes. I almost wonder if Mr. Santos, a.k.a. Mr. Cantara, is going to basically 
take these same charges and just run on a fundraising like the deep states after me. Well, I definitely think that's exactly what he's planning to do. I don't know if he has the clout that Donald Trump does. Uh, he certainly uh, has a similar wardrobe behind closed doors, I would assume. <laughs> Donnie likes to get a little wild with Melania. Hello. As we know what he can do when Rudy Giuliani puts on that dress. <laughs> so Carol sued Donald Trump in 2019 after he denied her allegation that he raped her in a dressing room of New New York's Bergdorf Goodman department store in the mid nineties. So it was the denial of the allegation that brought the suit. Hence it being a civil suit. Therefore he defamed her by lying, said that she was wrong. Mm -hmm. Obviously the jury says that she had credence to say exactly what she did say. Mm. And of course um, this is just another one of the many lawsuits that Donald Trump is currently facing. Still the front runner within the Republican Party. <laughs> right. Yes. Meanwhile. And meanwhile, uh, he there's a reason he had his kickoff campaign basically in Waco, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> it's because this man's followers are much like the Branch Davidians. They see him as David Koresh. And hopefully it doesn't turn into a doomsday cult as we've seen with cult leaders in the past. So little update on that. Just wanted to clarify there was a lot of confusion being like, why isn't he going? Is he going to jail? Yeah, we, this is we, not about jail. Right. This is, again, a civil suit. So the, the walls are closing in. But I feel like the wall, like the, how he's like, I don't uh, know. Right, right. He's just going to write a check and they'll probably write it illegally from his campaign funds and just <laughs> right. do the whole thing over again. And the More whole hushed thing, money payments. The whole thing starts over again. But to your point about George Santos, there's something about just announcing that you're running again. Right. Where then oh, perhaps people say, right. well, he's running. It's all political. Yes. Even though in Santos's case, does he have a base? I don't know. If he does, he's lying about it. And that's basically what he's doing here in this press conference. He's saying, I'm being, I have these charges. I'm going to fight him. The charges aren't true. And I'm running for re-election, which means I need money. Exactly. What I'm trying to understand is uh, when you guys talk about when you ran for Brooklyn Borough President, yeah. uh, Ben. We had such a small amount of funds, though, because we kept right. it simple, stupid. But Keep it simple, stupid. Even with those small amount of funds, wasn't it with the lawyer and the accountant? Didn't they constantly go, oh, yeah. you're, you're going to end up in jail if you do this wrong? You're well, gonna I was the lawyer and accountant <laughs> and treasurer and campaign manager. And we're in jail recording live from Rikers <laughs> Island. Rikers right now. Um, but basically, yes, every two weeks almost, especially as you get in the fall. Like once we cleared our primary, our reform party primary, and we won that, then it was like every two weeks we had to just declare what we were raising and mm. what we were spending. And it's not hard, especially no. when you don't have that much money to just declare who donated and then what you spend the money on. I will say we know somebody, it was a female, it was a gal that we sort of uh, knew within the political realm of New York. She got in big trouble because oh, that's right. uh, yes. she raised uh, about $50,000 that ended up going to a random lawyer that was air quotes with the campaign. But there's ways to see if you're with the campaign or not actually with the campaign. Yes. And I believe that she was uh, found. She was in a, a bit of trouble for that. She, she was in trouble. Yes. For ethics violations. And, you know, Ben and I both went to weeks and weeks of like training. Like there's hours of training that you got to do. Like, Look at these handcuffs. You want to be in <laughs> these just, handcuffs? They just dangle. They just. Yeah. They bring you to jail. And then Katara's like, those are mine. Uh, excuse me. Those are mine. <laughs> and uh, but either way. 
the the main thing with New York and why it is so serious, and because everyone's always like, well, why is New York? This seems all happen in New York a lot. It's because New York has the matching funds, where if we raise mm-hmm. a certain amount of money, then we get a certain amount of matching public funds, and the, those funds are taxpayer dollars. It's like and eight to one or something. It's crazy, it's nuts. And so that's why there's it's so sacred. That's why you got to really do it by the book, because if you lie, like uh, like that one woman did, yes. um, in terms of how you're raising the money and, and where's who's it going, going? Yeah. exactly. Then you're messing with the taxpayer dollars. And in New York, you can only do that so many times. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you can only do that when you're actually the mayor. Right. Um, also, Fernando, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. Not right now, but Santos. He's been, he's flashed the, uh, the, the AOK. Okay. okay. I don't mind them proud boys. <laughs> White nationalism. He's flirted mm-hmm. with that idea yeah. in order again to get that base, to give him some cash as he faces 13 counts. He's also worn his little AR-15 pin because mm-hmm. that's the gayest Fun. way to show that you like guns. <laughs> what is it or why is it that some Hispanic Americans have chosen white supremacy? But I want to talk a mm-hmm. little bit about that later on when we discuss what happened in Texas, because there's a lot of questions that a lot of people asking, you know, what's what's going on? Because you, How do you, you know, square that circle? Mm-hmm. Right? Because it seems like if you're a white supremacist, it, you wouldn't be Hispanic. You right. got to be white, right? <laughs> sure, no, I know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but that's an interesting conversation we'll have here in a second. Let's move on to some people that are running for president right now. There is a field of folks. Mm. And man, what a field of nightmares it is. <laughs> Vivek Ramswamy, mm. his new stay. I don't. First of all. Vivek has paid a lot of money to get a lot of ad time. Mm. I'm not sure if you've seen his ads on YouTube. I've already seen some on television, specifically the news channels. And he has appeared on shows like Bill Maher. He's been on MSNBC, Fox News, CNN. He's going to as many places as possible. As a matter of fact, some speculated Don Lemon's final interview was with Vivek. And some speculated it was uh, Don Lemon's response to Vivek's... um, questionable understanding of the past regarding Mm. black Americans and slavery that got him fired. So Vivek has been everywhere. Again, it's pay to play. How do you get on national cable news? Mm. Believe it or not. I know it's shocking. Yeah. You pay to get on it. He's basically doing the Ross Perot playbook in a way. Exactly. Vivek's got hundreds of millions of dollars. And a lot of people that you see on TV, you know, you don't get paid to be there at best. And Mm -hmm. at most, you pay to be there. Mm. Vivek has an idea. <laughs> Uh-oh. And I think it might be the single dumbest idea I have ever heard a presidential candidate ever come up with. Okay. Someone who is polling in the negatives. <laughs> he wants to announce a new policy uh-huh. raising the voter age. Oh, hey, what? God. It is the dumbest thing I have ever heard. Okay. Uh, Vivek himself is only 37 years old. He wants to increase the automatic voting age to 25. What? Unless the citizen is uh, in the military. Okay. Works as a first responder. All right. Or passes the same civics test given to immigrants seeking American citizenship. Um, Uh, I don't know, again, going back to the understanding of the past, when you hear test, before yeah. voting mm-hmm. right. makes you think of a poll tax, yes. makes you think of literacy mm-hmm. tests, yeah. mm-hmm. um, makes you think of disenfranchised groups of voters. Right. Yes. And certainly the idea that after uh, the age of 25, that being your first time to vote, That's it's it? the dumbest 
It is just the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. So I have no idea who is <laughs> telling this guy what to think, if he has any advisors. Right. But Vivek, this really isn't it. Uh, so also, if you work as a first responder, what if you get fired? There's just so much There's in so this. so many. Yeah. Uh, this would also require a constitutional amendment. Mm -hmm. yeah. So immediately he wants to change the Constitution. The Constitution. Okay. This is what Vivek says. He Good says there needs to be some civic experience you need to have gone through in order to actually vote. Um, this is me here. No, there isn't. Ugh. You have a constitutional right to vote. And as we've seen, you're allowed to be a fucking idiot. <laughs> that, that your vote counts just as much as everybody else's. Yeah. Talk about someone who doesn't understand the country. He goes on to say that experience could be living seven years as an adult and voting at the age of 25. That experience could be direct service to the country or some first responder service. Mm. He also then added passing a civics test, which you know what? I don't want to know what a Florida civics test is. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to know what an Arkansas civics test mm, is. Right. What's a civics test in, in freaking San Francisco? Right. You know, do you talk about stupidity? Yeah. No, this is From suppose, someone who's supposed to be like damn near a billionaire. Yes. I'm starting to think these billionaires. I'm starting <laughs> to think no money clue. doesn't equal intelligence. Wow. Yeah. Imagine that. And again, I mean, the reports are most of his staffers on his campaign don't even like this idea, even though he is paying for his entire campaign out of his hundreds of millions of dollars in wealth. So if the people you're paying to work on your campaign don't even think it's a good idea, buddy, it's probably not a good idea. He also said, and this probably just isn't going to fly, regardless of if it's true or not, I'm going to say aspects of it certainly are. Mm. He says the founding fathers didn't get it quite right. Okay. <laughs> Which is kind of like funny because, like, you know, like he's running for, for president. Yeah. But then he does say it was wrong to deny women the right to vote and African-Americans. We all agree with that. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, but then he also says that the notion that you should value a country more, you value anything more, including a country that you don't just simply inherit, but you have a stake in building and creating in some way. Go to public schools, public libraries, public transportation, mm -hmm. being born in America. You officially have a stake in America. Yeah. Because I, you have been planted here. Right. <laughs> this is completely unconstitutional. How is this not taxation without representation? It's everything. It's, it's all it's, of it. wouldn't, well, might actually, a, a civics test might pass the Supreme Court, but it is so unconstitutional. I, yeah. I, I mean, you guys have heard me talk about prisoners repeatedly. I think it's very wrong that prisoners aren't allowed to vote. How is this any different? I start paying taxes when I'm 18 or the day I start working. I should be allowed to vote that same day. Right. I mean, how is that any different? And more and more states are allowing uh, felons uh, in prison or who got out of prison. They are restoring that right to right. vote. And with Mr. Vivek here, I mean, again, it's just so funny to think of someone saying uh, that voters need to have, what, more experience before they're allowed to vote. And here's a guy who's running for president with no, no public service experience. And only two years outside <laughs> of the legal age to be able to run for president, yeah, exactly. correct? Yes. Not to mention someone like Vivek. Um, the only votes he's going to get are college kids. If, if that, if, because <laughs> right. he's also anti-woke his whole thing well, that he does in all the shows on young college Republicans yeah, right, right, looking right, right. for a new voice, uh, mm -hmm. a new, fresh, rich voice. And so he just alienated the only people that might see him get Ralph right. Nader Co numbers. Yeah. College the kids. only group mm -hmm. of people that would be like, let's give Vivek a chance. I, I, I saw Ralph Nader speak at college. It was like one of those things. It's like, I'm going to go check out this guy because he's at my college and I'm in college. 
boy, I sure am glad I can vote. Yes, I lost a friend because I voted for Al Gore, and he's like, you're just giving up on America. And I was like, I just don't know if <laughs> Ralph is going to win. Yeah, right. Oh, good grief. It's not even popular, as you said, Travis, with his staff. Mm. Apparently, one of his people that says, I want to be anonymous, which is never good when you already have anonymous <laughs> leakers in your campaign, hasn't even started, <laughs> says that the entire staff thinks it's a terrible idea. Uh, he says most of the team has not been for this. As a matter of fact, when uh, Vivek was discussing this, there was vehement objections. And then he said, well, we're doing it. What? So what a leadership style he's showing Fun. already. It's almost like you can't tell these almost billionaires anything. And when it comes to exit polling, hmm. Generation Z voters have already skewed sharply left. Exit polls show that 63% of uh, people 18 to 24 are voting Democrats. So perhaps that's one of the reasons why he believes uh, that they shouldn't be allowed to vote. I just don't understand. Again, politically, what the hell he's thinking. He said, my response to that is when it comes to voter oppression. My response to that is the objective is not to stop people from voting. It's to value voting itself. Mm. And everybody's equal and on the same foot. At the age of 25 and onward, mm. which I don't right. think is true. No one, no, no one after the age of 25 fights. No one over the age of 75 votes either then. Fine. It's sure. just, yeah, <laughs> seriously. And then this guy's 37. I'm not going to be taking any advice from a guy who's younger than me. <laughs> I love it. His Thursday rally, this was last week. It also had Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds. Now, this chick is a total psycho, and it was interesting because this rally uh, at the, for the Dallas County Republican Party, it was advertised as, quote, a youth rally. Oh, so he likes them what? old okay. starting at 25, <laughs> and it is in a county where the median age is 35. So you can imagine there's a lot of people 18 years to 24 years right. within that crowd immediately turning off. Because he doesn't think that they have a right to vote. I saw a lot of manifestation of this kind of rhetoric right after that red wave that didn't manifest. You guys remember yeah, a few course. months back? And then you heard a few people testing the water with, what if we raise the voting age? And then immediately Twitter shut them down. Mm. So, but this guy, I guess it, it's what Travis was saying. It's like, if you have that much money, you just stop listening to your campaign and mm -hmm. everyone around you and just do stupid things. It's yeah. just stupid politics yeah. Yeah. because you're just taking away a massive <laughs> constituent that should be voting for you. They yeah, could be voting, they could be voting yeah, for you. Have some it, confidence, buddy. But it does remind me of that Scott Walker clip we played a couple mm. weeks ago when he pointed out that it was the liberal college kids who helped flip the Wisconsin Supreme Court blue. And so you got to think there's probably some Republicans being like, mm, yeah, we'll just, okay, instead of making it harder for them to vote, we'll just make it illegal for them to vote. I see. <laughs> How many 12-year-olds you know got married? Oh, I know. And they're still married. And they're still married. It's pretty wild. How many 18-year-olds you know voted? Uh, they're still voting. They're still voting. Okay, I mean, cool. that is the ultimate irony. <laughs> they don't even vote that much. So yeah. what? It's just. It's so freaking stupid. The Republican Party has one billionaire who running who's out of touch and another billionaire running who touches people way too much. Come Whoa. on, y'all. Now you've nailed it as opposed to that wonderful president, Joe Biden, we have who <laughs> no child left behind. Indeed. <laughs> Why are these the options? I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm sick. It's like the same options as four years ago. <laughs> I was just reading an article and people are very stressed in a Biden Trump reelection. If the voter turnout is going to be minimal, 
I don't know if Biden has really done a lot to energize the base. Right. And but it, anyway. And I think they're still discussing what to do about the whole primary system and, and the debates. Because if it's just Joe Biden, Robert F. Kennedy, and Marianne Williamson. I mean, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. just said a thing about how the CIA... Uh, killed, <laughs> right. killed. Yeah, it's just like they, they right. kill anybody and uh, they rig elections. And then it's just like... Uh -huh. but Benny Hill, cue Benny Hill just, music. And right? he's like, I and mean, he, he and might... He's a Kennedy, so it's like, so you're just going to start wearing a giant target on your shirt? You better wear a helmet, buddy. <laughs> you look out. You might not be wrong, but you are dumb. <laughs> BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right. Other people that are potentially running for president in a much more serious way, I believe. Mm. Uh, Brian Kemp. Oh. Now, this is obviously the Georgia governor. You, I'm sure you've heard his name. First of all, he he beat Stacey Abrams. He purged the voter role. He was in charge of the voter role, even though he was running for governor. It never should have happened. Total conflict of interest. That aside, he was also a key component in demonizing Donald Trump when mm -hmm. it comes to wanting to get the 11,000 votes from Georgia. It was he and his staff that said, "Now nah, let's not do that. Donald Trump turned his back on Brian Kemp. Yeah. He has said he will not be running for president. But again, you can only trust these pieces of crap as far as you can throw them. And this dude is a lard. Well, he's not that lardy. Either way, <laughs> he looks hard to throw. <laughs> Hate weighs a lot. <laughs> so he has a three-day retreat scheduled. This is going to be in Sea Island, Georgia. Because when I think of politicians, I always like to think of them on an island. Uh, Nothing bad can happen there. No, oh, gross. The goal for this Sea Island meeting is to plan for the 2024 campaign with a focus on the specific role of Georgia. That is obviously a vital state for Republicans. According to a source familiar with the retreat, the event raised $1.2 million Oof. for Kemp's committees. Now, again, Kemp has said that he will not run, but as we see DeSantis floundering worse than flounder yeah. from the Little Mermaid. Oh, the new cute. one to the ugly one. It yeah. is I know. Why didn't they why'd they do him like that? That's so wrong. Why'd they do my flounder like that? Hey, he looks like a real fish. I know. It's a cartoon. Okay. <laughs> right. DeSantis is I think he's DOA. I think as soon as he does, but I'm not a candidate. I'm not a candidate I think as soon as he is a candidate. I'm not a candidate yet. His polling numbers continue to dip. It's the roller coaster ride you don't want to be on. I think Kemp is looking at this and saying, well, that was between he, between DeSantis and Trump, there might not be room for me. Mm. As we're seeing, right. perhaps he's having a change of heart yeah. as the field becomes slightly less scary. There's room in the car maybe. There is yeah. room in the car because yeah. between Vivek, DeSantis, and Trump 
hey, man, you got a snowball's chance in, you know, right. in July in Wisconsin, so it's possibly cold enough. Right, yeah. and you also got Nikki Haley, Tim Scott in there, and then the people who are still kind of sniffing around the waters. You got your Chris Christie's, you got your Mike Pence's. I think Mike Pompeo has officially said, I can't He's do out. this. But I would say out of all of those people, other than maybe Tim Scott, mm-hmm. I don't think Nikki Haley really has a chance. Mm-hmm. I think this, no. yeah. ironically, I think the removal of the Confederate flag in South Carolina is going to hurt her. Right. Uh, Tim Scott, and, I believe, was against that, actually. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> wow. think that Tim Scott has some momentum, although as we've seen him speak as well. He's got no Ooh, vibe. He's got no, no juice, man. He's got nothing. no juice. There's yeah. no emotion. There's He's just not vibing, you know? Right. So I think Brian Kemp might be looking at this field and saying there's a real chance. And as we know with Georgia over the past few cycles, it's purple. Yeah, right. And it is a big freaking state now. Yes. It's almost become the new Ohio. Oh, God, yes. I mean, Ohio's gone deep red while Georgia's gone absolutely into that purple region. Right. And you even think with Kemp, whether or not he jumps in or maybe, you know, even with DeSantis, maybe you're just kind of like, you know what? This isn't happening for me now. Maybe you let Trump go out there and stumble and fail and try again in four years. But with Brian, but you Kemp, think DeSantis actually has a chance in four years if he doesn't go this year? I don't know. Gotta, I mean, he's you young. Strike he's when in the his forties. Yeah. But that's the thing is iron is slowly getting cooled off and it's right. covered in pudding now. Oh, that's why it's getting cold. Like, ah, my shirts are covered. Oh, so, give, it, give what, it to Chris Christie. Yeah. Oh, oh, you know, all right. You get it. You got it. <laughs> he's fat. Kemp, Kemp is interesting because it is a key state. He is already publicly, even his name is known as an anti-Trump, like, and he was even pro-Trump until Trump came after him. And then he was like, all right. And then Trump, I think, even endorsed the other candidate in the Republican primary for governor. So you got to think, maybe Kemp's even just like, if I have some PACs and some committees, I can tip the scales behind the scenes away from Trump and towards if no one else, then maybe myself. You get that Lincoln Party Republican, which I don't know what the hell that is, but yeah, they exist. <laughs> um, perhaps some log cabin Republicans as well. Hello. You get the Lincoln cabin Republicans, and I wouldn't. And then obviously, <laughs> um, in a binary choice before between a Democrat and a Republican, Trump Republicans will vote um, for the Republican. Maybe not. Maybe at seventy percent. Maybe yeah. not hundred percent, but nonetheless. And then you do wonder. If Biden is just doing such a bad job that some Democrats say we'll take some suburban Democrats say we'll mm. take a relatively yeah. moderate, even though I don't see him as that moderate. But in the uh, perspective of the far right to far left landscape we live in now, maybe they say, well, we'll take a moderately center right Republican mm-hmm. over Joe Biden, who has been a center right president. Yeah, very much. And in fact, um, to say in terms of uh, to your point about Biden doing well or we're talking about campaigning because he's not good at campaigning. In no. terms of his policies, he's actually been very successful. A lot of people are pointing to all the what he did get done before the Republicans took back the House. But I agree with you. His campaign is going to be where it's like, if, is this campaign, like, can the guy talk? He can't. Stuff like that. But then he has those things like the State of the Union speech where, like, I went in expecting him to completely blow it. And then he actually did okay. So I don't know. It's like, which Joe are we going to get in 2024? But as we've seen, State of the Union speeches, much more controlled, yeah. much mm-hmm. safer. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're out there in the war zone and you're in front of people, it's like stand-up comedy. You don't know what the crowd's going to be. Right, right. right. And you got to be on your game. You have to be on your... I mean, just some of these gaffes from Joe. I uh, I hate to say it, but I really don't think... I don't, I don't think he's all there anymore. I can <sighs> explain America in one word. Yeah. And it's not, yeah. it's not it's not yeah. just his old speech because he's always kind of had a, a speech impediment. He's, yeah. Well, yeah. He's, yeah. Got he's, got he's got his stutter. He's got his stutter. But this is like cognitive and it's it's just very bizarre. 
And um, you do wonder, again, will that lead people um, that otherwise usually vote Democrat to someone like a Brian Kemp? I was also thinking someone like Mitt Romney. Sure. Um, but I think that Mitt is going to sit this out. But yeah, I, this country, I feel like, would look at Romney with new eyes yeah. than from 2012. Or even, and I'm throwing up in my mouth a little bit to say it, but like former Ohio Governor John Casey who's now on MSNBC, or even uh, Chris Sununu, New Hampshire Republican governor who was just on Bill Maher. These are other never-Trump forces within the Republican Party that if someone just stepped up, maybe they could do something, yeah. but no one's doing it. No one's stepping up right now. So anyway, uh, keep that in mind as we get closer and closer and more names are thrown in the ring. Well, speaking of names that have already technically been thrown in the ring, Kanye West. Whoa, forgot about that one. A nice segue into the Proud Boys as well. Kanye West, uh, his presidential campaign, this is according to a TMZ article. They say it's full steam ahead. (laughs) That's how you know your campaign's doing well. If TMZ is reporting on it. (laughs) They say that his campaign is full steam ahead. Uh, He has gotten rid of, he has fired Nick Fuentes. Oh, got rid of the white supremacist and replaced him with... Milo Yanniapolis. A gay white supremacist. <laughs> All right. So uh, that's new <laughs> because Milo had previously quit Kanye's campaign. That's right. He said it was Ye's, too crazy. It was too crazy. And now he's back in. And Ye uh, has said Fuentes is no longer needed. Uh, this is according to the uh, director of political operations for Ye's 2024. This is what it said to Nick. Uh, he says, your services on Ye's exploratory team are terminated and will not be required for any possible Oof. future campaign. Hmm. Uh, Milo <laughs> uh, also fired it off an exit email to Ali Alexander, Alexander, another one of Ye's oh, political advisors. Another problematic one. Who yes. was recently forced to apologize after being accused of asking teenage boys for sexual pictures. What a, that's full steam ahead. That's full steam (laughs) for TMZ. No, no. TMZ meant full steam ahead for uh, the funniest political articles. TMZ is ever going to run. Oh my freaking Lord. (sighs) Whatever. (laughs) Uh, Yay. Of course is someone who is uh, really just, I I don't know what's going on. I thought he wanted to be left alone. That was the last we heard. Yeah. I think he wants to be like a president left alone. Okay. Which All right. Like a Calvin out. Coolidge. <laughs> yeah. I guess. He's got to go think on uh, what was the mountain that Jimmy Carter went to? Um, Carmel? Oh, <laughs> maybe. A caramel mountain. All <laughs> right. Well, let's move on to this conversation that I want to have. Um, the right wing death squad. That was a phrase that was embraced in recent years by far right extremists, including Mauricio Garcia. This was a 33 year old man who opened fire and uh, killed, I believe it was eight people. Um, Garcia was on Russian social media networks expressing a fascination with white supremacy and mass shootings. Uh, He has photos of his large Nazi tattoos on his arm and torso, including a swastika and the SS lightning bolt logo of Hitler's paramilitary force. Uh, Here uh, is a look at the term right wing death squad and how it became so popular. The term RWDS, it's an acronym Others include R-A-H-O-W-A, short for Racial Holy War, and 1488, an alphabet-driven code combining references to a white nationalist slogan and Adolf Hitler. The term came around in the 70s and 80s to describe Central and South American paramilitary groups 
uh, created to support right-wing governments. And that's kind of interesting when it comes to Central and South American paramilitary groups. Does that have anything to do with the roots of some of the um, Hispanic white supremacist domestic terrorists? That... (laughs) It, it has to do, I, I'm going to have to go deep here, mm. colonialism. It right. goes way back. You know, it goes yeah. back to when the Spanish came here and took the land from the Native Americans. It was the whiter, the whiter was okay, the darker was not. And it's uh, something that's been indoctrinated probably in Mexican culture, just in Mexican culture alone for a right. long, you know, hundreds of years. Mm. And so when it comes to white supremacy and it, it just, why is, why is it that the, some Hispanics have been drawn to it? Hmm. Is it the pull the ladder up? I'm the one in here. Before the show, we were discussing what happened in New York when the Germans came over and they were like, this is our land. And the Polish came. They're like, Polish, you're taking our jobs now. We're stepping up in the world. Is it that? Is it just like we're the ones here? I don't want any more illegal immigrants here because they're going to take my position that I've worked so hard for? Probably in part, in part. I'm sure it has to do with assimilation. I've assimilated. And when you come here, you remind the other you remind you, you know, you kind of mm. regurgitate, Is mm-hmm. that the, you know, mm-hmm. sure. Bring it all back up. Mm. But I guess what you're saying is right, Ben, about pulling the ladder up. So we you see a lot of this in a lot of this in the border towns. And I, I'm I'm speaking as a Hispanic and as a Mexican here. So, yeah. you know, I, I can't speak for every type of Hispanic. I can speak for every type of Latino. But for there's a lot of in the border towns, there's a lot of people who only even though they come from Latino families, they only speak English. Mm. Why? Because of assimilation. Right. Because if you speak Spanish, you're seen as the other. If you're seen speaking Spanish, then you're considered the other. So it, it starts with assimilation and then it becomes of, of just that, pulling that ladder up. And I have to be on the side of the Americans if not, I'm on the side of the enemy. Does yeah. that kind of make sense? Oh, and of course, yeah, okay. white supremacists are the enemy in America and always have been. Let's not forget WW2. But then we also have people like Tommy Tuberville uh, when discussing what white supremacists are doing in the United States military. Mm. Uh, he was asked, uh, he's a senator, I believe it's Arkansas, Alabama. Or Alabama. Mm-hmm. He was asked, what do we do about white supremacists in the United States military? What do you call them? And he's just like, I call them Americans. <laughs> this okay. is very dangerous, right? Sure. This is a very dangerous thing to have happen um, when we have our institutions being affected and infected by this very radical ideology that many people thought was dead when we elected Obama. Right, right. Which apparently it was not at all, and perhaps that gave it a boost, a steroid shot, and it seems to be stronger than ever. White supremacy is strong enough now to attract people that aren't even white. (laughs) Right, exactly. And, I mean, yeah, it gave that pendulum swing a, a little more oomph on the way back. And Fernando, you made a lot of interesting points. And it also reminds me of just of like um, the Cuban Republican culture of Florida. Right? right. It's like you've already fled a country that was, quote unquote, taken over by socialism. Same with Venezuela. And so for a lot of those Hispanics who come from those countries, they kind of lean more towards the Republican ideals just because of capitalism. Catholicism mm-hmm. is a big one. And so. You kind of wonder, maybe they kind of get sucked in that way as Interestingly well. Interestingly enough, there was also, of course, the website, The Daily Stormer. Um, this was a neo-Nazi website. It launched a Spanish language edition in 2017. Now, many Hispanics evidently identify as white. This is according to Miller Idris, author of Hate in the Homeland, the New Global Far Right. They say regarding Hispanics and white supremacy, 
quote, can still be attracted to support movements that are inherently or explicitly white supremacists, and that the same way that women can support patriarchal or male supremacist movements, sort of equating it to, I suppose, female proud boys yeah. or the wives of the proud boys who just love that male chauvinist man of theirs. Proud girls? Is that what that would be? They're not allowed. Okay. <laughs> well, demographically, when I fill out the census, I am white. The oh. box I check is white. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So because they're because again, Mexican or Latino, that's an ethnicity. That's mm. not a race. Oh. So when you say race, I am white. And if you do, if I if you were to put me in a lineup, you know, culturally, technically, I guess I do align more with the white people. So you'd like exactly what Travis's point was saying. I come from Cuba. I'm escaping socialism. I'm escaping all of that. And or same, you come from Mexico, you come from Venezuela, mm -hmm. you see it. And you, it's kind of, it's both assimilation, it's indoctrination, right. and it's a survival tactic. Mm -hmm. Indeed. According to uh, Tanya Hernandez, she's a law professor at the Fordham University and author of Racial Innocence, Unmasking Latino Anti-Black Bias. This is what she had to say. She says, if you're a Latino who is already affected by being viewed as other exactly. and want desperately to be part of the club that is the U.S., what better way to make that claim than to be part of the enforcement? The policing of whiteness within a white supremacist hate group. It almost reminds me of the Chris Rock joke where he's talking about the one white gang member is without a doubt the most the dangerous. The mean is the craziest. craziest, right? craziest. He's got to yeah. prove it. Yeah. yeah. And so I wonder if that has something to do with it. Right. And, you know, you even think about 2016 where Trump very specifically went after illegal immigrants and he still got a large portion of the Hispanic vote because there are the people who are like, well, I came here legally. Yeah. I don't want people coming here illegally. And then again, you kind of turn on your own your own countrymen. And of course, it is, especially with the Cuban Americans as well in Florida. Mm -hmm. I want to say thank you for reading that, Ben, because that's what I was trying to say for about five minutes, but couldn't get the words. <laughs> no, because it's, it's a tricky thing it's, to wrap yeah, your it's, mind around. It's, it's, how, it's how do I say it? It's like, I, I have to, I'd rather, and I'm speaking uh, uh, hyperbolically, metaphorically here, but I have to align with the enemy because it is a smarter tactic. Right. Like if I don't speak Spanish and I, you know, and I, I Ocasio-Cortez is stupid, Ocasio-Cortez <laughs> is a socialist, then I guess it's safer. It's yeah. a smarter way. Interesting. Yeah. Especially in, in Trump's America, when you literally being too Mexican could cause a problem for you. Yeah. Well, and to be honest, uh, a history of many presidents in this country. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It also comes, uh, we also must mention then in this vein, uh, there were four members of the group Proud Boys 
which uh, a joke that got out of hand, I think, to say the frickin' least, a stupid joke without a doubt, <laughs> and uh, certainly mean-spirited, but now it is something entirely different. The Proud Boys' longtime uh, head, Enrique Terrio. Another Latino. Another Latino fella. Looking he has been sentenced in. to the longest uh, term. Uh, he is looking at 20 years behind bars. Currently, the longest sentence is 10 years. Ethan Nordeen, Jason Biggs, and Zachary Rell were found guilty as well of seditious conspiracy and a range of other charges, including three separate conspiracy charges, obstructing the electoral college vote and tampering with evidence. Of the other five defendants that were found guilty of charges relating to January 6th, each of the defendants were convicted of at least one charge that carries a 20-year maximum prison sentence. So they are handing down some pretty hefty sentences for the people that were really militarized, the Oath Keepers, um, Proud Boys, so on and so forth. Cowboys for Trump. Uh, we, I don't know if the Cowboys, I don't see any horse manure. Well, it wasn't yeah. the uh, King's coronation. <laughs> right. Everyone was just stepping in horse shit. Yeah. But there is some serious sentences coming down now for J6. Absolutely. And as well, there should be. I mean, uh, you got to think that this time, if Trump gets the nomination and then he goes to the general election and then he just eats shit and completely loses to an incompetent Joe Biden again, you got to send a message to these people that, hey, you can't come here on January 6, 2025 and try, you know, electric boogaloo, too. Right. I was just again, I was reading an article and many Democrats from within are scared shitless. Nah. Mm. They really I mean, he's going to Biden's going to be 86 by the end of the damn thing. Woohoo! And, oh, okay. Oh, I want to I talk a little about a little bit about that, because I feel like. It's so who else is really, really old? There's a lot of really old people in office. Diane Feinstein. Yeah, she just came well, back again. Everyone's oh. like, get out of here. Oh, no. Feinstein's bad, though. We know she's just not showing up. But I feel like when we talk about old uh, Biden being old, I think that we're actually just talking about Vice President Harris. Because oh. what ha what? So the conversation Biden is told, mm -hmm. what does that mean? Biden has to leave and we get President Harris. Oh. And, and that is. Harris isn't impressive. We haven't seen anything come out of her. The The one thing she was given was the border and who can fix the border. That's a nightmare. Yeah. So she yeah. was given she was given a task to fail. Mm -hmm. And so when I every time I think like Joe Biden's too old, I'm also is it just me thinking I don't know what Kamala Harris is going to do? What right. what is President Harris? What would what would President Harris's America actually be? And I oh, think yeah. there is a little bit of fear with that, um, whether it be right or not right. It just seems to be panning out in the polling data. She hasn't really connected with a lot of people. And uh, it's difficult when you're a, a prosecutor yeah, to uh, relate to people. Yeah. It just is, you know, right. and then her record was just, I seriously, she was a very strict prosecutor. Exactly. Very I, conservative. I see her hypocritical. I mean, in she's, she used to put people in jail for marijuana and now she's on the TV screen going marijuana for everybody, right. you know, right. So, right. You know, but the question there is then is the fear of Joe dying and Kamala taking over. Is that such a negative where people again, either stay oh, home God. or I mean, what's, we don't even know who Trump's running mate's going to be. It's not going to be Pence. Uh, Carrie Lake. I still like the, uh, <laughs> the, the whole Trump Lake. It's full of snakes. So who freaking knows? But why is this rhetoric so normalized? It's because it's coming from the state houses all over the country. Did you guys see this out of Florida again? Ah, poor, 
poor, great people of Florida. Their legislative body sucks, and there are a lot of <laughs> shitheads in Florida as well, but there's a lot of great people, including my parents and my brother. Um, according to uh, Representative Jeff Holcomb, this is what he had to say. He was talking about the Taliban, and he was discussing how they don't like gay people. So this is what he said. He said, Ugh. ISIS, the Taliban, and Al-Qaeda, those are the folks who discriminate our terrorist enemies hate homosexuals more than we do. Oh, my God. So right. why is it resonating? Going back to that point about religious extremism. Uh, that's, a, you know, my parents go to a Haitian church, very evangelical. Religion trumps race for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, that's it, right. In theory, that's not bad. Right. Um, but it, it's supposed to bring people together. Mm. And now we're in this sort of last death rattle of the evangelical movement. Or maybe it's not the death rattle. Maybe this is just a new rebirth with new people, new, new faces. Yeah. But you just have a person who is just saying this and we, we, they hate them more than we do. Yeah. What does that even mean? In many ways, the religious right has more in common with the Taliban, Al Qaeda and ISIS than, than anybody else. <laughs> wow. Uh, he goes on to say woke social engineering and experimentation. That's what ero that's what's eroding the military. Mm. The, eroding the military. Wow. Mm. They got a trillion fucking dollars to spend. <laughs> yeah. We have the strongest military in the world and the fattest. Mm. <laughs> so people obviously were like, what the hell's going on? And this all came on the heels of the Navy having uh the drag, the drag queen. The one, yeah. Uh, the yeah. one drag queen. Uh, go there for recruitment. That's wow. just very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Very strange times. I, I don't know. It kind of ties into the, the story we were just talking about with the Mexican Nazis or with the Latino Nazis. I think um, when you talk about like white nationalist, they don't see themselves as Hitler style Nazis. I think they see themselves as America style. Does, but like Leo, Ford, the Leo. Like, yeah. Like they're neo Nazi. The Nazi they're, yeah. it's, when, when, when Nick Fuentes calls himself a white nationalist, he's not saying I'm, I'm, I'm doing what Hitler was doing. He's like, I just love my country the way Hitler loved his own country. <laughs> and let's not forget Joe Mackey, a really funny stand-up comedian. Uh, he had the great joke about how Adolf Hitler said that all Germans should be blonde-haired and blue eyes, and he has brown hair and brown yeah, eyes. Exactly. So you don't necessarily, I guess, have to look like the ideal you're espousing. Right, right. I suppose not. Uh, other legislation, there is the Senate Bill 12. This is out of Austin, Texas. This would do away with the term queens from the ban on drag shows. So Senate Bill 12 would bar anyone under the age of 18 from attending, quote, sexually oriented events and open up the performers to criminal penalties. So you might read that on the face and say, well, you know, what's wrong with that? Um, what about Taylor Swift? <laughs> what about when, um, uh, oh, I feel like a woman. What's her name? Shania Twain. What about when she shows her coochie on the on, on the swing, what she does, and she sings the pro-military song, and I'm like, thank you for your service. What is, sex, what is sexually oriented? Very vague. Isn't that every single child's thought after 13? What does right. that even, what, what does right. it mean? Right. Is, is Twisted Sister not allowed to perform? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. the vagueness is on purpose, and yeah. we've seen that repeatedly, because then I can apply it where I see fit. Where they and, say fit, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the other danger here, and in this law, is now the criminal penalty goes to the performers. Total violation oh of the First God. Amendment. One person's sexy is another person's funny, mm -hmm. or goofy, right. or just, I mean, you could have a guy taking a... I, 
Puppetry of the Penis. Ah. Yeah. You know, there's someone out there being like, no, that was one of the hottest shows I've ever seen. I saw it. It's fucking funny. It's yeah. weird. And you're like, you look at their dicks for a second. You're like, those are dicks. And then by five seconds in, you're like, I don't know what that thing is. Yeah. Is that sexual? I don't, I don't know. know. I have the beholder is a good way to interpret that. So, yeah. you know, this Senate bill as well. Uh, and again, this is in Austin. Right. Isn't that supposed to be like? Well, it's the capital like, of Texas, so. Oh, I see. Sure. So this would be, that <laughs> yeah. makes sense. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Florida, Texas. It's you just know. I heard Austin. I'm thinking more, you know. Yeah, it's a fun town. Yeah, fun place. It's good. Well, it reminds me of Columbus, Ohio, where I'm just getting reports out of Ohio where uh, our gerrymandered Republican state legislature just changed the rules because we have a potential abortion rights amendment going on the ballot in November. And we want to get it in the Constitution to protect abortion rights in Ohio. As of today, as of this week, the Ohio Republican supermajority in the state house there just changed the rules. We're going to have an August special election that's going to change the rules to amend the Constitution, raising it from 50% plus one to 60%. Oh. So that that's it's Florida, Texas, Ohio. This is what these guys are doing. Yep. This is according to Representative Matt Shaheen. He's a Republican on a Plano. He's one who supports this draft of this Senate Bill 12. He confirmed that the draft is accurate. He says how the individual is dressed is totally irrelevant. Whether that's a man in a dress or a man in a suit, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't want sexual lewd conduct in front of a child. What is it even? Which, uh, what, what, what are you talking Well, then keep him away from the priests. Please. Don't go to Hooters. Yeah. You know. And don't watch Rudy yeah, Giuliani don't go to Twin videos. Yes, yeah. Exactly. There's so many things. Good grief. Exactly. Slippery slope. Uh, when asked if a drag performance or, or a drag uh, performer reading a book or singing could do, uh, if they could do this in front of a minor, he answered, as long as it's not in a sexual lewd manner. Uh, my ass. So <laughs> that is a little bit of what's going on in Texas. And just lastly, legislation that I am in favor of. Uh, also coming out, coming from a Republican, interestingly enough, in Vermont. Ah, see, but Vermont Republicans are much different from Texas, Florida, and Ohio Republicans. They really are, and we have to remember that a Democrat in New York isn't the same as a Democrat in Texas, uh -huh. and uh, uh, yeah, a lot different. of times, that's why we just get squeezed by all sides, and it drives me insane. <laughs> Vermont Governor Phil Scott, uh, he signed a uh, bill into law. It's hailed as an LGBTQ rights uh, vote. Uh, basically, it's House Bill 89 and Senate Bill 37, both of which were signed into law. They establish a slate of protections for both providers and seekers of gender affirming care, as well as those seeking or administering abortions. Uh, Scott is only the second Republican to sign legislation explicitly protecting access uh, to um, this care and to abortion into law after former Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker signed a similar bill last year. I was watching an interview and they were discussing other religions and their thoughts on abortion. And I didn't realize in, in, in Jewish uh, religions, it is allowed yeah. and mandatory if the mother's yeah. life is at risk. Yeah. And in, uh, in uh, Islam as well, mm -hmm. in Muslim mm -hmm. cultures, mm -hmm. yeah. it is also allowed. So two out of the three Abrahamic religions allow abortion, which again tells me this is not about religion. This is solely about power. And uh, I want to point out that those two religions, usually the Mu the Muslim religion and the uh, Jewish religion, are usually seen as more, uh, like, I guess, more traditional. Authentic, yeah. yeah, more authentic. So the fact that the Christian religion is anti something that those other two religions allow tells you that it's more politically uh, motivated yeah. rather than yep. spiritually or something from the Bible or the Torah. Oh, yeah. 
course. Yes. And 18 states have enacted laws or policies that ban gender affirming health care. Now, whatever that might be. Right. Uh, you know, oftentimes people go to the extreme where they think of, you know, changing of genitals, these sorts of things. Again, these are situations hyper unique. Number one. Um, yes, the number of people who identify as transgender has gone up solely because it's socially allowed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they always were. And right. now it's socially allowed. Right. And still the number is very low. The number is very, very low. Even within the gay community, LGBT Mm -hmm. community, it is a low number. The change has been they used to die from it. Exactly. And and now it's, you know, now it's just some some ostracization. But Mm. at least they are not dying the way they used to. So 18 states interfering with a patient and their doctor, including 15 that have done so this year. Three states administrating gender affirming care to a minor is a felony crime punishable by up to a decade in prison. And again, whatever that means, uh, it's a uh, loose term. And now we have performers that are uh, could go to prison and doctors could go to prison. Good grief. So they're coming for um, anyone that doesn't fit in to what they believe to be social norms or yeah. so what should be socially allowed. It's not even about nor you can be abnormal. Right. That's OK. Right. Yeah. Many of us are. <laughs> So anyway, just a couple of policies. All right. I believe that's it for today. Well, it's just nice to know that there are Republicans, New England Republicans. That's I wish that they had a more of a presence in their national party. But again, you're Chris Sununu's, uh, this fellow out of Vermont, you're Bill Weld's, uh, Larry Hogan's. Yeah. You know, they're, they're just not going to get anywhere in a Republican primary oh, where nowhere. it's a race to the right constantly and consistently. So. The battle continues. Uh, I will be, of course, I mentioned Ohio. I'm coming back to Ohio. I'm yes. doing a screening for Mother's Day weekend. Please come out to Studio 35 this Friday, May 12th. Watch uh, Ed Larsonized documentary about his dear mama, Kathleen, mm. how America killed my mother. And then I imagine we'll have to talk about how to stop the Ohio Republicans from ripping away all the women's rights in our state as well. So I'd love to see you there. And the battle continues. Whatever state you're in right now. Also, we have a few shows booked for Hail Yourself, so come on out. Uh, we're going to have more booked, but this is what is booked right now. July 30th in Ontario, California. Come on out. And October 4th in Brea, California. Come on out to that. We're also looking at a few other places, and uh, I can't wait. Go to Ben Kissel one on Instagram, and I'll post a bunch of stuff for mm-hmm. that. So that'll be fun. Um, all right, anything else, boys? The fight continues, but we can have fun doing it. All right, hail yourself. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, 
we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.